It's such a blessing for you to listen to another live on love, wisdom, healing, and self-care from youtube.com slash Zara Hairston. Brought to you by ZaraHairston.com. This content is not a substitute for counseling or therapy. It is intended for informational purposes only. Peace, Truth Tribe. Have you become who they said you are? Unbelievable. Here is why that might be keeping you out of the Most High's will. I'll be right back. this time where I really wanted to be very close in very close relationship with a family member and if you listen to my videos especially if you watch Healing Pain with Proverbs I just talked about how I dealt with um I said middle school but it was actually elementary school when I thought back it was like that that year before elementary school and I kind of forgot in that story that I shared prior to this live because at that time our school had transitioned where um, one grade was going into middle school that typically did not go into middle school. So I thought it was middle school that might be confusing to you, but I just wanted to clarify. But anyway, um, if you hear these stories, you're like, you're always trying to be in relationship with somebody like what's going on with you. Yeah. I, I enjoy healthy relationship. I am an introvert. If you ever met me in real life, you would be like, why is she so quiet? Because, uh, I, really like deep conversation. I like to go a lot deeper than most people. And I found that that can be intimidating to some people. So I keep a conversation pretty light, um, with people that I don't know. And then I don't really know what to talk about because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I think of these deep things and everybody's just not that deep and I don't want to make people uncomfortable. So I'll keep it surface. And then it kind of just goes like cricket. So, um, I love deep relationships. I love meaningful relationships. I love relationships that um, promote me in life internally. Like they make me grow. They help me be better than who I am. And um, that's not always common. And when you try to confront people so that the relationship can become healthier, they often get upset. And that leads me to what I said earlier, where... Um, you can become who someone said that you are, even though that's not who you really are. And then that can put you out of the will of the most high. What do I mean by that? Always have to ask these questions. Like I can actually hear y'all talking back to me. I mean, I guess I can in the chat a little bit, but, um, I want to clarify that for people that may not know. And a story that I have for you that, um, helps. Should I take these glasses off? Is it a glare? 
Maybe I'll take these glasses off. The story that I have for you is, um, uh, I had this position at this incredibly huge billion dollar company in Manhattan at one time. And I remember being so nervous when I went to the interview because I knew I was qualified for the position, but I had been out of work for so long because I was a mom and a homemaker. And so there's this gap on my resume that uh, I could explain, but that I didn't think this billion dollar company would understand because most most companies that make that kind of money, uh, they don't really respect homemakers. I'll just say that. So I'm waiting in the, uh, the waiting room to have this interview. And I'm just like still in my mind, and with the most high trying to figure out how do I explain this gap in my employment in a way that helps them see I am equipped for the position despite the gap. Cause I have been out of work for a little bit and it's like, uh, things are like lightning speed. By the time you get into, uh, working again, after you've had children, sometimes the software has changed, the systems have changed and you need new training and all that stuff like that. And so people want to know before we give you this salary that's really high, are you worth that? So I get called into the back and I speak to uh, who would be my direct boss first. And then they told me I had a number of other interviews after that. And we just hit it off to the point where we actually, she was telling me how she was in her 50s and she had had her daughter, I think in her late 40s. And her she was in her 50s, but her daughter was like under 10. Like I think she's like five, six, seven, eight, something like that. And I was just congratulating her on such an awesome journey to have, to finally be able to have a baby. And our she happened to be a woman of color, melanin. And so we talked about just mothering and parenting and in me explaining my journey as a mom and getting back into the workforce, she was able to connect with that because of her being in her fifties and having a child that was younger. It was so amazing how the most high set it up. So I didn't even really fully have to figure out like some clever way to do it. Just talking about my experience and of course having references prove that to her. But then after that, I had two other interviews and one was going to be with the executive, um, the executive vice president who was over the boss that I would be reporting to. And I heard that she didn't play. I heard that she was about her money. She was about her business. And she had just been put into this position. She was also a woman of color. So it was like, she was a woman of color at the top. Then the woman under her, who was the VP, <coughs> excuse me. And then it will be me who was going to report to the woman I had the first interview with. Ironically, all women of color. And in this particular, um, job that was very foreign, like very, very foreign to see women of color's faces around that, that building. So, um, I'm like, okay, I know this EVP is going to take this really serious because she's trying to get a job done and people are already doubting her one, because she's a woman and two, because she's a woman of color. So I leave, they tell me I passed the first interview and I'm like, yay, hooray. But again, how am I going to explain this gap? I know that this is what 
most people ask, like, what is up with this gap? Because the gap was like about a 10 year gap. Like literally I was home for almost 10 years without working. I worked from home, home jobs. But as far as being inside the workforce, it was a pretty big gap. And you have to explain that. Like, how are you equipped? How are you fit? How can we give you this salary? How can we trust you with the moves that we're trying to make and the changes that we want to create in this culture of the company? So I'm sitting here thinking about it and all I could hear for some odd reason, I have no idea why, was the voice of a family member telling me how mean I am. You're so mean. You're so mean. You're such a cold person. You're such a cold, mean person. And I'm like, I'm trying to get ready for this interview and find a very creative, true, but um, just, I'm a creative. Shirt says creative. I'm a creative, right? So I don't like to just say I was home as a mom. I had to find a creative way that makes you understand how that makes me equipped. Right. So I'm trying to figure that out. And all I hear is this family member's voice in the back of my head. And I couldn't understand why. Like, why do I keep hearing this person calling me mean, saying I'm cold? And that made me so insecure about the job. Like, maybe I'm so mean and so cold that they're going to perceive me that way. And they won't want to hire me. Because if I'm not likable, then how are they going to want to pick me over the other people that are up for this position? And so when I say, have you become who they said you are, how it might keep you out of the will of the most high, I want you to consider what someone has told you about yourself that you didn't even discern whether it was true or not. You just accepted it because somebody said it. Like words have so much power. There's so much life and death in words. And the person that told me that when I'm sitting in that, that the getting prepared, like, you know, how do I mean this, excuse me for the little jump. How do I explain this, uh, this gap? I'm hearing that voice. And then something told me, you know what? Somebody is calling you mean and cold and you accepted that. But what you didn't do is ask yourself why they were calling you that. Where did it come from? And that's what we often fail to do is like, we don't ask why, like somebody says something, we get upset, we can be reactive and we don't sit journal, like I've been trying to encourage y'all to do, process it and be like, why is this being said and where is this coming from? So when I thought back to that family member saying that to me, I remembered the conversation that we had that made them call me mean and cold. And it was because I tried to set a boundary with them. And I said, look, now, when it comes to this particular relationship I have with someone else, you are no longer welcomed. You're not welcomed. And it had been a number of intrusions, a number of uh, strife-filled interactions to come in between me and another person. And I finally got fed up and I finally said, you know, I'm going to confront them and they need to understand that if this is the way you're going to behave, then you won't be invited into my life at all. So either you respect the boundary I'm putting here and understand that when it comes to me and this other person, you are not to be involved. 
you can take door A or door B and not be involved with me at all. Cause they were kind of running their mouth and just kind of giving their input on things that no one asked them and coming in between me and another person. And I'm sitting in this second round of interviews waiting to be heard. And I thought, wow, it's so crazy how somebody can call us something negative for trying to set a boundary with them. And then we believe this is the worst part. Unbelievable. We believe it about ourselves. We're trying to establish a healthy boundary. We're trying to establish and set a tone of healthy treatment with someone who's been mistreating us. And now they got all these names to call us, right? They have, they, they say we're all these different kinds of people and we feel bad that we're trying to set the boundary. So now we, because of our guilt, we're like, maybe they're right. Fast forward, I get the job. Um, the EVP didn't show up. And so someone else interviewed me in her place. Cause she was like, I think she might've been out of the country, something she was somewhere else. So I get interviewed. They love me, like literally love me. I get the job and all they keep telling me is how sweet I am. You're such a sweetheart. Like you're such a sweet person. And I'm like, I am because I couldn't at that time, I couldn't make sense of this person who I really wanted a relationship with and whose role played a pretty heavy um position in my life I thought thinking that way of me saying that about me telling other people this about me um they call it gaslighting you so I'm like questioning my reality like why would you say something like this like I don't I couldn't figure it out because I'm like what have I done mean to you tell me one thing that I've done mean to you or cold to you and I couldn't think of anything and they really couldn't either except for giving them the boundary and so I start this job and everybody that I meet is just, they love me so much. And I remember coming home to my husband telling him um, how I teared up because I was just like, wow, they really like me. And um, it's not about being a people pleaser. And um, it, it, these, this wasn't like necessarily an unhealthy bunch of people that um, were only liking me because I didn't set boundaries. Even if I had boundaries to set with them, which in the future I had, they still were respectful and it was a, a great relationship, working relationship between these people. Um, but I remember going into the job in that first week, people just loving me so much and being so warm and welcoming and just so thankful that I was on their team and um, just kind of lifting up my talents and my gifts and all that stuff like that. And I was just like, wow, I can't believe I let this person tell me who I was to the point where I'm sitting here before I have to go into this second interview questioning who I am because of them. So I want to ask you, have you become who they said you are or who whatever person said that you are? Say somebody, say you tried to set a boundary with somebody and they said that you're cold and you're mean and you're doing too much and they um, are guilting you into allowing them to mistreat you again by telling you you're doing too much and you're wrong and you're cold and you're mean. Think about why they're saying what they said though. I'm not saying that people who love us and who are healthy, they may tell us truths that hurt, uh, but it'll be, it will be for our good. So I'm not talking about healthy people. I'm talking about when unhealthy people tell you something about yourself because you try to take a healthy step and now you become this monster 
and they talk about you to other people and they try to get other people to see you as that monster that you're not, but those other people don't know it's because you try to set a boundary with them that they're doing this. What has that done to you? Sometimes we can accept who someone else said that we are to the point of missing our calling or not walking in our calling. Like, what if I would have just believed that and I, I was so insecure that I couldn't even speak confidently in that interview because I don't believe what I'm saying. And I'm not really a good pretender. Like, if I don't believe something, I really can't say it. I got to really believe it. Uh, maybe other people out there, they could pretend. But, you know, like my my uh, tagline, love doesn't lie or expect you to live one. It's, I, I really can't. If it's not true to me, it's really hard for me to say it, right? Um, and be convincing to people on top of that. So for, for those of you who are like that, if you, if somebody said something about you hurtful, um, or even if some people might say, well, I don't really feel hurt because you've, you're numb. So you might not feel the hurt because you had to make yourself numb in order to survive mentally or emotionally or spiritually. But say you're not hurt, but it's something that you remember. It's a, it's a name or a voice um, or a term that you keep hearing in your mind about yourself, that you are mean, that you are cold, that you are not intelligent, that you're not pretty, that you are slow, that you're ugly, that you're um, whatever. It's some choice words I could say, but I don't want to. Sometimes children watch this channel sometimes, so I was going to say some words that are on the, uh, the sexual side, but I don't want to say that. Um, but whatever it is, someone's called you something if you live in this life and i want you to consider that you may have become who they said that you are and you aren't even that like you're not even that and believing what they said could be keeping you out of the will of the most high so journal i've been trying to encourage y'all more to journal I have some awesome things coming with True Tribe Partner Journey um, to help you more care for yourself, <coughs> excuse me, um, in September. So make sure you're on my email list. Um, but in the meantime, journal about it. Ask yourself that question. Who was the person who said it? Think about the context of why they said it. What was going on around that situation that made them say that if it was a lie? Now, if it was true, that's something else. Work on Work on it. But if it was a lie and it came out of a place of them being upset that you tried to set a boundary with them, that's something different. We don't want to believe people like that because they're only gaslighting us and uh, guilting us into allowing them to mistreat, uh, allowing them to let them mistreat us. I put this lie was uh, inspired by a Truth Tribe question that I asked on my community tab answer those questions y'all because you kind of give me ideas for different things to do or ways to help you all um when i see what some of the responses are i'll kind of see what some of the needs are and that helps me so make sure y'all answer those questions but i wanted to put this um question up here i have two more that i want to show but i wanted to talk about cassiopeias again because sometimes it's so funny Sometimes we don't even know we're in toxic relationships. We've been so conditioned to believe that we're supposed to allow people to treat us however they want to. We've been so conditioned that setting a boundary is a bad thing. It's an evil thing. It's an unloving thing to do. 
And it's such a lie. Setting healthy boundaries is loving the person and it is loving you. Because one of the main things that the most high is after is repentance. And it's hard to help someone come to repentance if we don't have boundaries with them. They don't really learn how to come to themselves or come to repentance when we never speak up or we just allow them to do whatever they want. So I wanted us to consider that with Cassiopeia's response to that question that you could be in a toxic situation or have a toxic mindset and don't even know it because you've been so conditioned to think that this is okay. Another response that we got was from Ashonda at large and and I think the statement where she says so much, so many of us have been conditioned to believe that, you know, boundaries are a bad thing. Um, I have to agree with that, especially in certain religious sects, sects. That's why I say, uh, sex as an S E C T S. Um, religious trauma is a real thing, man. Like people cloak allowing abuse as a form of glorifying the most high. And people are out here really getting hurt, getting abused, taking care, taking advantage of, suffering silently, having suicidal thoughts, being depressed, having anxiety, all because they are being told that your boundary is not loving. Your boundary does not glorify the most high. When it is a healthy one and it is protecting your soul. It's so sad. I see it so much, especially doing what I do on this channel. I get, I even get comments from people saying, you know, forgiveness is more important than repentance. And I'm like, on what planet and in what world is forgiveness more important than repentance? They are so interconnected. Repentance is way more crucial than forgiveness. Like without a repentant heart, forgiveness means nothing. What does it mean? You're just going to do it again. Right. And then some people say, well, the Messiah said, forgive them for they know not what they do. That was about a specific incident. Don't take that out of context. And some of us know exactly what we do when we do it. Okay. So then what about when they do know, then you don't forgive them. Like sometimes we read things and we don't, like we talked about in healing pains with Proverbs, we don't have a logical interpretation of them. Like let's just use our mind and our brains. So I thought that was, um, that was just crazy what she said, um, being conditioned, not to set boundaries. And then Deetra F's with a lot of what I was saying about how it's hard to help people come to repentance when we don't have boundaries. Boundaries actually helps support the will of the most high in bringing people to repentance. Um, allowing people to abuse you does not bring someone to repentance. That doesn't, they have no reason to change. They just continue doing what they're going to do. So I think it is so unbelievable, as you can see, some other people also agree that boundaries are bad and so unbelievable that when we set boundaries with people and they lash out or they have a tantrum or they begin to act like immature young children and they call us names like mean, cold, this, this, and that, so unbelievable that we then believe the one who is acting like the child and not us who are trying to be more mature and the most high. We let them guilt us. And then we walk around feeling guilty for exercising righteousness. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you that even when they call you names and they say you're mean or cold or this or that, off of the grounds of you trying to set a healthy boundary 
that you are not the one who is that way. The name caller is actually the one who is that way. Consider that. All right, y'all be well. I am Zara Harrison, helping you remember that love doesn't lie or expect you to live one so you can get free from toxic mindsets and relationships. I will see y'all on Monday for another session of Healing Pain with Proverbs. Go back and watch Monday's episode or live if you haven't watched it yet. And I'm sending an email out fr- tomorrow. It's, ooh, it should be coming out Friday. If it doesn't, I just didn't get to it. I should have scheduled it before, but it's been a little hectic. But um, also go check out the community tab and answer some of those questions because it definitely helps us all connect more and it gives me ideas to figure out what some of your needs are so that when I'm creating certain content, I can help you even more. All right, y'all. I'll see y'all next time. Peace. Thanks for enjoying this podcast episode. Keep pressing to break free from toxic connections and or mindsets. Subscribe and join my email list at ZaraHarrison.com for more resources. Y'all bless.